Hey, I'm Claire. And I'm Janice. And this is The X-Files, a podcast about breakups, broken hearts, and moving on. We are breakup coaches here to help you beat your breakup, heal your broken heart, and move on to an amazing, abundant life. And welcome to another guest interview on the X-Files guest interview series. <laughs> so we have, a, well, all of our guests have been very, very cool today mm-hmm. included. We are welcoming Whitney Oppenheisen, pronouns she heard to the show. Um, yeah. And this is just such a cool interview and guest on so many levels and for so many different reasons. Yeah. Um, one of them being that you worked with her, right, Claire? Yeah. So Whitney was actually my coach, um, probably at least a year ago now. So it's been a little while, but um, she is incredible. I worked with her over three months um, and it really, really helped me. Um, And so she's also just like the most incredible person. And like, you'll hear in the interview, her life is kind of like, magical and poetic like Mm -hmm. things happen to her that are just like meaningful um and it's just really really cool and so she helps like she helped me see those like poetic moments in my life as well and you know really find the meaning in like kind of the random things that happen um yeah, so she Well, that's a very cool endorsement. Yeah, of right. <laughs> um, we're, of course, going to leave her information in the show notes, mm-hmm. and we will be promoting her on Insta. So if Claire's recommendation sounds good to you, if you like what you hear, go and check Whitney out. Yeah, yeah, she's incredible. And she's a really good, like, just follow on Instagram, too, if you're just looking for more inspirational, like, um, and insightful content super recommend yeah, <laughs> so same yeah um, your nails look really amazing oh way. thanks <laughs> <laughs> I'm um, on a nail kick <laughs> yeah I know I've, I've noticed I'm, I'm, I'm enjoying it um so what were a couple of your favorite parts about this interview oh my god I mean I've mentioned the stories before those are really big and just um I mean, you what guys will hear the stories. Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, I think she's got a really, really cool and interesting breakup story. That was something yeah. that I originally wanted to do with this podcast is let mm-hmm. people just kind of come on and tell their breakup stories. Exactly. And she's got a really interesting one. And also, I was very impressed with just her, uh, her ability and knowledge about manifesting. And yes. I think that it's going to be really inspirational to people who listen, who want to call in more magic to their lives. Yeah. And also just, and also from a breakup perspective, she really was like, I'm done with this. I'm done with you. There's no gray areas. There's mm-hmm. no, are we going to be friends? I am moving on yeah. <laughs> and moving away. And that's something that I think a lot of people who listen struggle with. And, mm-hmm. and she is a perfect example of how you can do that consciously and mindfully and, um, and have it really work for you. So 
Exactly. Oh, pay attention. And I think I said this at the very end of the episode, but I should say in the beginning that this is definitely a pen and paper episode. <laughs> oh yeah. Yeah. There's, there's some really good things to take note of. So, you know, if it's on the notes app on your phone or whether it's pen and paper, mm-hmm. I, yeah, there are definitely some things to jot down that can be really helpful, but I mean, I'm trying to to not give too much away of the episode because it's so good but I think you're really gonna love Whitney and yeah I hope let's get into it and you if enjoy. you do like this episode if you liked previous episodes if you wouldn't mind leaving us a review on Apple we'd love that mm-hmm. um, it helps more people find us and it really is true so with all of this um, said let's get into it Let's do it. (laughs) Welcome everyone to another episode of X-Files and another amazing interview in our guest interview series. Very exciting. (laughs) Thank you all for being here. And thank you to Whitney Oppenheisen um, (laughs) for being our special guest today. So this is really cool. Um, Claire used to coach with Whitney and yep. now she's a guest. Whitney also was in Beautiful You, another um, generation, though, than us. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> so she comes from the same lineage of coaching yeah. she's, as Claire yeah. and myself. Um, she's out of Jackson Hole, which is super cool. Super cool. And oh she is an intuitive relationship coach. So, hello. We just had yeah. to have her on, right? <laughs> Obviously. <laughs> All of that combined, it was just yes. meant to be. And she has a really cool breakup story that kind of led her to doing what she does today. So this is just, you know, the, I don't want to say perfect storm, but perfect um, perfect combination. Yes. Beautiful alignment. So hi, Whitney. Hi, ladies. It's so good to be here. And Claire, it's great to see your face again. Yeah. Yeah. It's always (laughs) nice to see Claire's face. I should charge admission. It's oh my. (laughs) (laughs) Your confidence is growing by the day. That's yeah. Help. (laughs) Help. (laughs) Very cool. Well, I love Jackson Hall. I love everything that you're doing and I love that you were on TikTok and that it went viral and that you have this <laughs> yeah. crazy story. Um, so I really, yeah, let's get into it. Um, and we'll of course give you, you know, time as we go to talk about your work, but <sighs> given that you have a really cool breakup story and this mm-hmm. is a podcast about breakups, why don't we just get into it? When yeah, you first brought this idea to me, which was ages ago, maybe yeah. back in the early days. Months. She said that her coach had broken up with someone on a mountain and that it would be really cool if we could. Uh, loosely. Loosely yeah. on the mountain. Yeah. It would be really cool if we could bring her on at some point to talk to us about her experience. So yeah. do you want to give us the broad yeah. strokes? Or a lot of details, yeah. actually. So yeah. um, listeners, we will get to this, but there's also a TikTok um, uh Whitney went on TikTok and told the story, but what it was in like 30 second increments or something. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it was, yeah. TikTok length. So I think I did two 60 second increments and it was like my first TikTok. So I had no idea what I was doing. Um, and basically I didn't like put the parts in there or like say like, this is part one of two and this is part two of two. And so people were like, what the hell are you talking about? Um, but then also, even after I kind of explained to myself, um, got a lot of backlash for like the choices that I made. And so it was yeah. really interesting to me because when we live in the space that like the three of us do about, 
healing and processing breakups and really like cognitively and consciously like moving through those stages of breaking up, you forget that there's people that like maybe don't hold the same viewpoint on healing and moving forward as, as we may. Oh um, girl, so that, was, like, that a is big, the big like, that yeah. is the story really of be living as a breakup coach. I'd say yeah, it's <laughs> like me. Why don't you think the way I think? Yeah. All right. So <laughs> I really want to hear more details. So I'm, I'm going to like, turn it over to you. Tell us about this. Awesome. Thanks ladies. Um, so this happened in 2016, um, was like the event of climbing this mountain for my 30th birthday. Um, and I'll give you just like high notes of what led up to this. So I was with, um, the partner that I had at that time for about four years, um, leading up to that, we had gotten engaged, um, not quite a year before the climb. Um, and the entire time we were together, it was solid, but it wasn't like, what I knew I really needed or wanted. And it was one of those relationships where um, there was a lot of external pressure right from the beginning. I knew his um, younger sister. We actually had a falling out because we had started, I had started dating her older brother. Um, um, we oh. didn't, it was, it was really hard because she could see how we weren't good together, like how we yeah. weren't compatible, oh my God. but she didn't know how to share that with me. And like yeah. all of us just being in our young twenties and, and then into our mid twenties, like, not knowing how to articulate that. So like mm-hmm. to this day, I don't blame her at all for like the decision that she made of, of how she managed that situation, but it was just like really strenuous. So I immediately yeah. thought like, if I'm going to lose a friend over this, this has to be, it has guy. to work. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Trauma like, bonding. <laughs> right. Exactly. <laughs> so I was just wow. like, okay, I have to make this work. And then I also at the time was very much living on like my timeline that I had created for myself out of college of like, okay, I graduated college and I have this PR degree and I'm going to go like kick ass and like, you know, be successful. And I want to be married by the time I'm like 25 or 26. So I can like have kids and like do this whole thing. Oh my mm-hmm. goodness. And I was just like tunnel vision on <laughs> yeah. the dream. And mm-hmm. so that's where I was with him. And we had had a really rocky couple of years um, because he was, when we first started dating, he was processing through um, his issues with alcohol. Um, so he was diagnosed as an alcoholic and depressive and was really doing a lot of that work. Um, before you was, got together, I'm sorry, just during like the early okay. part of when we got together, it was okay. like six months before he had a real come to Jesus moment and started doing that mm-hmm. work. And when you were um, in Minnesota or had you come? Michigan. Had, yeah, well, I was in Michigan. Sorry. So. Okay. No, you're fine. Uh, people probably, people from Minnesota and Michigan probably hate that. <laughs> uh, uh, <laughs> no worries. No okay. worries. All right. So, okay, go on. Thank yeah, you. Yeah. So this was all in Michigan. Um, and we, we'd been living together and then had gotten engaged. And even how we got engaged was like a little bit too much pressure. Like one of our really good couple friends had gotten engaged. And I, I told my partner at the time, I was like, Hey, I'm kind of jealous. Like, you know, we've been together literally the same amount of time. Like we started dating within the same month, like us two couples. And like, we kind of like grown together as couples. Um, and I was like, I don't want to put pressure on us because I know we have a lot of stuff to work out. Like we were really working through his relapsing with alcohol and like his stuff. And I was in therapy and he was in therapy. So we were doing a lot of work. Um, and it was just like, I don't want to pressure us, but then he still took it as like, Oh crap. Like I have to do this right now. Like I have to get engaged. Yeah. Like she's, she's not effing around anymore. So he asked me like three weeks later and I was like, I gotta say yes. Cause like, this is how this is going. And I did. And it was just like 
the weirdest <gasps> unfolding. Like oh, people God. were happy for us, but like not excited. And I could oh. tell, and I was like, oh my God, like, what am I doing? So anyways, yeah. not, and maybe not what you, so how did you feel about this? Uh, you know, it wasn't perhaps from what you're telling us, it wasn't exactly what you had pictured for yourself. No, not really. Okay. Like not the feeling that I ended up right. with. Right, okay. the feeling. Yeah, that wasn't, I was- yeah, I was really shocked by that because even in the moment of like being asked, I was like, oh my God, I, I can't do this. I can't do this. I can't do this. But like, yes, still came out of my mouth because yeah. I was like, I have to, like I've I come this to. far. Yeah. Oh man. And it's so hard to like be honest with yourself in those moments when you're like, this feels really bad mm-hmm. and it feels like I'm panicking right now and it doesn't <laughs> feel good, but it has to be good. So I'm just going to like keep with the, keep with the script and. Yep. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. So you that kind was... of convince yourself that a little bit of nervousness and butterflies was just part of it or were you just full on convincing yourself, just putting it out of your mind? I was pretty much just putting it out of my mind. I was okay. like, okay, we're just going to do this. Like, this is where I'm at. And like, I can make this work. And like, this is a life I can have. Um, mm-hmm. And so then fast, fast forward not quite a year, like nine months. And we are getting ready to climb the Grand Teton for my 30th birthday. And I had started training like in January. Cause it's, I was coming from sea level, my whole family, like all the guys in, on my mom's side of the family have climbed this, like from my grandpa oh. and all my uncles. Mm-hmm. Um, so it was kind of like a family thing that I never thought I wanted to do. But then I woke up one day and I was like, I want to do this for my 30th. Yeah. My 30th is also in September. So I did it like as close to my actual birthday as I could before the snow flew flies out here because that happens early um and I had been training for like six months nine months and he wasn't like I would invite him to go to the gym with me and Mm -hmm. I'd be like okay like this isn't something you can just like get in shape for like do a couple of runs and like you're ready for it and his comeback was always like well I can get in shape really fast and like Oh, really? Yes, he could. I know. I'm like, please teach me your ways. And I know. Could. <laughs> like, yeah. Wait, wow, really must be nice to be a genetic abnormal person. So he like, and he could, like, it would look like he was in really good shape, but he was still smoking and drinking. And yeah. like, not that you can't do those things and be fit, but like, it's not going to help you. Not 14 um, or fit. No, it exactly. Yeah. It's just, it's just shy. Yeah. Okay. So um, for those who don't, who are not from Colorado or Jackson Hole, <laughs> what yeah. is the, what is a 14er? A 14,000 foot mountain. So in Colorado, there's so many of them that they're just right. called 14ers and you check them off your list, like mm-hmm. a bucket list. I haven't started yet, but yeah. 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 <laughs> um, yeah so the Grand Teton's 13,777. The last half of it is um some technical climbing like if you're really if you're a solid climber you don't necessarily have to use ropes if you don't want to depending on what route you take but um I definitely roped in and used to go yeah (laughs) so um yeah so we got here and um did this you know did like some prep hikes and kind of stayed out here for like five days um and it took it was like a four-day process you had to do two days of climbing school to like make sure you were belay certified and like knew what you were doing and like, mm-hmm. you know, tying the knots right and everything. And then, um, the first day you hike up, it's about a six hour hike up to what they call the lower saddle, which is where they have like a little camp set up. Um, mm-hmm. and you sleep overnight there in their yurt. And then the next morning in there being the guiding company. Mm-hmm. Um, so we hired a guide to, to take us up, um, and spent the night there and we were both 
very scared because I was like, okay, I'm like the experienced one at doing this and I haven't done anything this challenging. And like, I can tell that my ex is out of shape and like, yeah, he's not doing too hot. Like the first day really burnt him because he wasn't prepared. Um, and this whole Which time, the two of like, you? just the two of us. Yeah. Cause it was and so guy. Okay. And, yeah. Um, and okay. there was actually another woman who she's fucking amazing and I forget her name but she's an amputee and she was climbing like most of the more technical or tallest mountains in every state as an amputee like she had a uh prosthetic but um yeah she was a badass so it was like her film crew and and her and me and my ex and our guides like just chilling oh my god it was really cool with a film um, crew while yeah, everything is going down they're like let's capture the drama <laughs> Like, luckily, they took off very early in the morning, okay. a little bit before us. So, like, okay. we didn't, yeah, we didn't have to interact with that too much. Okay. okay. Um, so, we um, we get up the next morning, and my ex is really sore and, like, not doing well. And we are hiking, like, there's about 200 yards or so that you hike before you get to the point, at least in the route that we took, where you have to rope in. Um, and once you rope in, if you're climbing, like doing alpine climbing, once you start, you all either get to the top or you all turn around and go back down. Like there's no yeah. splitting up. You'll just say, like, I'm good. We're just going to go this far. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. You're like, you're right. committing. And like, mm-hmm. if one of you can't make it, none of you can make it. Cause you're all yeah. roped in together. Um, oh so, okay. so we get to this point and as we're kind of getting to that point, we have to stop a few times because my ex just keeps falling further and further behind. He's really out, out like winded by this hike. Oh, and um, my guide asks me like, hey, do you want me to be the bad guy? And like tell him he should probably turn around. And I was like, oh, like, I don't, I don't know. Like, I don't want him to be, but like, I'm climbing this mountain. And like, for, for me and my family and like my family's lineage here in Jackson Hole, my grandpa came out here in the 1940s and works at the summer camp that I then went to as a kid and worked at in college and still work at for a time now. That's cute. And like, yeah. So we're really like, I love this place. It's like, I call it my soul's home. This uh-huh. place means so much to me. And when I lived in Michigan, um, I would come out here for like a week or two at a time and kind of like fill my cup and then go back to like my corporate marketing life and like, just like mm-hmm. slog along yeah. until the next time I could come here. Huh. Um, and at that time, like I had zero intention of like, moving to Jackson Hole full-time or quitting my corporate job. Like I was like very much entrenched in my like, you know, middle-class American life. Like I was like super excited and like happy about doing what I was doing and like buying a house with, you know, my then fiance and all that stuff. Um, but as we're doing this climb and as the guide is asking us me, like, do you want me to be the bad guy? I was like, like something took over me again and kind of woke up that I hadn't yeah. been awake for like a long time. And was just like, yeah, do it. Cause I'm not, I'm not, not climbing this mountain today. Like I have to make it to the top. Um, And then to add more to it, my grandfather, who I was really close to, um, who came out here in the forties, he was on his deathbed at the time. So he was like, you know, it meant a lot to me to be able to connect to this place for him um, and climb this mountain that he had climbed multiple times and just like kind of be present um, for my family here. Mm-hmm. And, um, so I was really motivated to get to the top and like be able to have yeah. self-service and call my grandpa and be like, guess where I am. Um, cause it was just such a special spot for both of us. And, um, yeah, so that happened and the guide was like, okay, like we can't start this and then not finish it. So speaking to my ex, like, 
do you think you can make it? And he was like, I, I really don't know. And we decided that he would turn around and go back to the campsite that we had stayed at the night before. Um, and my ex immediately was just like crying and really sad and was like, don't break up with me. I don't want you to break up with me. Like, are you going to leave me? Like all these oh intense God. questions. And I'm just like, I don't know what I'm going to do. Like, first I'm going to go climb this well yeah I mean that in and of itself it's like can I please have my moment you know like can we not make this about you you know like (laughs) I'm kind of trying to do this important it's like you had the chance to train for it and now that you're not like capable of doing it like just wait for me and we'll come back when we're done exactly you just leave but it was just like no waterworks like wow meltdown and I had actually given him an out at the very beginning I said I want to go do this for my 30th if you just want to meet me at the trailhead with beers cool like I don't because he was not an outdoorsy guy like that like he'd go to the gym and work out but wasn't like a big hiker or anything so that's perfectly fine who I mean having someone waiting for you to like kind of celebrate with after why not yeah it's just I'm gonna say it's just as good but that's exciting as well totally yeah and like I knew where his like level of comfort was with this kind Mm -hmm. of stuff and I was like you know I don't want to set us up for like a failure and I really want to do this so like this is a way to do it. But he had said, no, I really want to do this with you. I want to have this experience. So here we are and he's turning back. And I, um, I just basically tell him exactly what you guys did. I was like, I can't talk about this right now. Like I'm going to go do this. It's my birthday present to myself. And like, I will talk to you when I come back down in a few hours. And we got up there. It was like four hours or so of climbing, um, which was, it was awesome. It was beautiful. It kicked my butt. Um, and it was, (laughs) it was so amazing to just be at the top and looking at Jackson hole from a totally different perspective. And it was so quiet. It was like myself, my guide and one other, um, two person team up there. So it was really, it was cool to just be like, and the views already there on the ground are so beautiful. So, Oh, that must've just been so transformative and memorable. Definitely. Yeah. And so, yeah, so I had a moment to call my grandfather and kind of talk to him and then headed back down. And, um, that was like an interesting kind of long route to get back down to where my ex was. And then we meet up and like have a quick lunch and then hit the trail to get back to our car and everything. Um, and he's immediately asking those same questions again, like, are we going to break up? Are you mad at me? Like what's going on? And just like dogging me. And then when I'm like not responding, I'm like, I don't want to have this conversation here. Like we're with our guide. He's very experienced. He doesn't want to be along for the ride with our like fucking relationship drama. Oh my God. Like, of course let's, not. Yeah. Like let's just hold the phone and we can have a conversation when we get back to my family's place here. Um, and he just keeps pushing it. And then when he can't push me anymore, he starts like dogging on our guide who like, <laughs> I'm not going to mention his name, but he's a extremely accomplished alpinist and um, has like climbed unnamed un- like first ascents in China. And like, he knows his fucking shit. Like, All right, yeah. and, I believe and, you. <laughs> yeah. And he's like, he's and like he- getting dogged by this dude about going too fast down a trail. And he's like, but like, he finally was like, I'm going to wow. trot ahead. Like, I'll see you guys at the trailhead. And I was like, by all means, thank you very oh, much God. for oh your my work God. and keeping me safe. Um, uh-huh. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah. So that was just, it was hellish. And then my parents pick us up. So I'm, I'm just like in tears at the trailhead, like so frustrated uh-huh. with him. And then my parents pick us up, like all excited. And they're like, you did it. 
And I'm like, I did it. He didn't do it. And then they go into like triage mode and they're like, oh, but it's okay. You know, like they're trying to straddle the situation. They don't know how we're feeling. So it was just a mess. But then fast forward to like that evening, um, we're at my family's house here um, talking. And my ex said the thing to me that finally like pushed me over the edge. And he just said, well, I didn't know how much this meant to you, to which I just like stopped talking, stopped having the conversation with him and just was like, if you don't know how much this means to me, you don't know who I am. Like Mm -hmm. I literally have the mountains tattooed on my body. I've since gotten another tattoo of the, uh, like symbolizing Jackson hole. Um, And like it, I wear this ring that has the Tetons on it. Like it's all I fucking talk about. Especially (laughs) when I lived in Michigan was like, Oh, this is. Well, and how long did you train? for this oh, experience yeah january to september <laughs> I, didn't, yeah. I didn't realize yeah. right no, <laughs> the last nine months that this yeah. was a thing for yeah. you yeah that and that's crazy. like that's when it clicked for me mm. and it's actually the birth of and i know we were ta- we were thinking about talking about this a little bit later potentially too in our conversation it was like the birth of my needs wants and desires mm-hmm. because they just realized at like at a chemistry level we totally had it at a compatibility level he did not have the type of personality that I needed to be supported. Mm -hmm. Um, And then he, he and I couldn't make space for each other in the way that like he needed to be supported either. Like I wasn't going to fit what he needed from somebody. Um, Mm -hmm. And then you realized this all in this one day. Yeah. Basically like within 48 hours, I was like, holy crap. Or it's kind of the culmination of many things that you kind of knew, but it all kind of came. All um, the things became very real. You were trying not to think about all of these things and suddenly like you couldn't ignore it anymore. Totally. The universe just threw it right back at me and was like, here you go. Like here's it all at once. Oh my gosh. And, um, and he, I had been asking to go to couples therapy for like a long time. And finally after this, he like agreed. He's like, let's go to couples counseling. Like I don't want to wreck this. And we lived together and we had been together for four years. And it was like, Oh, I can't just like up and leave we we had a wedding yeah. basically planned like I was like oh waiting God. to send the save the dates until we got home like it was all happening um and so it was like one of those things where I I wanted to continue to give it more work but I knew I had already done everything I could so it was like this mm-hmm. weird exposure of how I had really been feeling with him and then with men at least in my experience um personally and then in my relationship coaching there's this theme of women trying and trying and trying. Um, and this is specifically like for a hetero relationship, but I think that this dynamic crosses all boundaries. There's generally one, maybe more feminine feeling individual that tries and tries and tries and might not bring it up right away, but they just start pushing. And then by the time it's a big enough thing that they say something, the more masculine person in the partnership is like, Oh, what do you mean? This is a problem. Like I had no idea you were trying so hard yeah. for so long. And it's yeah. just like, it, he was trying to catch up, but he just couldn't. Cause I was already just like, yeah, done you, with it. Yeah, yeah, exactly. You'd already kind of disengaged and exactly. been like, no, and there's yeah. also like that trope of like, Oh, well, you don't want to change people, you know? Exactly. And it's like, yeah, you don't want to change people for the sake like you shouldn't get with someone and be like oh they'll be so great once I've changed all these things totally (laughs) um but there are some things that you hope like evolve a little bit to come Mm -hmm. more into alignment um but I guess like a lot of that comes from um a lot of that changing to come into alignment 
like can come from the nonverbal stuff and not that like directly saying, Hey, masculine do this. Yeah, (laughs) exactly. Yeah. It's a lot of nonverbal and it's a lot too of like, where did I need to be with his recovery? Um, Because that was still an issue too. And like his taking care of his own depression and realizing like um, through the therapy that I was going through, um, I realized that I am a codependent personality type. So I was raised in a family with addicts and, um, and so I naturally filled that role of codependent. And so as I was having my awakening and saying, I don't want to be like this anymore, or I at least want to be able to throttle my codependency, um, it was vastly changing our dynamic and he mm-hmm. wasn't comfortable with that because I wasn't there for him in the same ways. So yeah, it was this huge, like couple of month like reawakening. Cause we got back home, we called off the wedding and the engagement, but we were still together. And then it was like another week or two and the same shit was just happening. Like he was getting too drunk and making a mess and like not living up to the promises he was making me. And I was just like, I don't, I don't want to live my life like this. Like I'm right. Yes. And there's a lot that I have in front of me. And there's a lot more that I was like remembering about myself and like coming back into and like even starting then to like slightly unplug from my corporate marketing job and like not wanting to be living the life that I was living. Like it was such an awakening climbing that mountain again and being like, oh yeah, this is what I love. Like, this is the Whitney that I want to keep being. Mm -hmm. Um, Yeah. And And not the caregiver, not the rescuer. And it's not, I mean, I, I've coached lots of people who's um, exes have these issues and they really struggle mm-hmm. with feelings of um, I didn't have unconditional love or you know mm-hmm. relationships are meant to be work and mm-hmm. you know and and they struggle with the guilt but yeah you know you actually do get to choose what you have in your life and and what you don't exactly. and that includes other people's problems yeah and, you know prioritizing yourself just Very because little, you yeah just just because you can doesn't mean you should. Absolutely. Yeah. And I think that that's such a key thing is relationships are work, but it's work in tandem for a common goal. It's not you working to change yourself to be better, to fit another person or you working to change another person to fit you better. Or working mm -hmm. to help someone get through their Their own shit. Yeah. Um, Yeah. Wow. So I can imagine so then that your next big breakthrough might've come once you actually did break up. So mm-hmm. I, and I know a lot of our listeners too kind of struggle going back and forth, like, should I break up? How do I know? So, I mean, what was that? You're living with the person. So yeah, it was yeah. really hard. Um, that day, it was a Thursday. It's so funny. The days that you just like, Oh yeah. Remember. <laughs> um, <laughs> Thursday. And I had had therapy that morning And then I had horseback riding that afternoon and horseback riding is like another therapy for me for sure. Yeah. Um, And I, yeah, I Claire. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, We bonded because we're both horse girls too. (laughs) Horse girls. Yes. I love that we're basically wearing the same color today too. Yeah. We're really doing a twin thing right now. (laughs) Um, Lovely. I love it. Um, yeah. So that day I had had therapy and my therapist pointed out like, okay, when you've been sitting in this chair for like 15 minutes and you've mentioned wanting to break up with him three different times, but like not knowing how, so like, this is probably a sign, like can't tell you what to do, but this is what you've just said to me. And that sat with me all day. And then there was something that came up in my riding lesson with my trainer. And I was riding this horse that I always had ridden before. And, um, he had a tendency to like, 
I won't go into all the horse stuff, but he had a really bad habit of like cutting corners and like dropping uh-huh. his shoulder coming into a jump, which is like not something you want to do because you want mm-hmm. as much space and good alignment as you can, like coming yeah. into a jump. Okay. And every, every single lesson, I always struggled with this horse with this because he just had a really bad habit of it, but he would respect his rider if they learned to really cue him the right way and they really didn't let him get away with it. So he, he would stop doing it after you like, kind of schooled him on it enough yeah. to be like, nope, you're not getting away with this crap with me. It was like um, testing you. Yeah, you totally everyone. testing me. And that was like one of the, that was the first lesson where he didn't do that to me. And my trainer was like, see, when you give the same feedback over and over again, it has to break through eventually. And they have to respect you enough to listen to what you're asking for. And I was just like, Oh my God, I need to pay you what I pay my therapist because like, holy life lesson. Yeah. It's horses have always been an analogy for relationships for me. I don't know what it is about it, but Mm. yeah. Yeah. Maybe Claire, we can do an episode on the horse. Oh my God. Partner analogy. So much. (laughs) Yeah. Fascinating. Okay. Yeah. So that was that day. And I just really realized like, I cannot keep doing this again. And then on top of it, like at that time, I didn't want to go home at the end of every day. I was always finding yeah. errands to do. After <laughs> oh, that. Like, yeah, there was, there were so many signs of just me not wanting to be there anymore. And so I finally, I came home and then on top of that, he had gotten into my journal. Um, and I found that he had like my journal open while, like, while I walked in the door after it that writing lesson. And I was my like, my mind that people do that. I have never yeah. done that to a partner. I've had it done to me. I don't, mm-hmm, I yeah. it's shocking. It's yeah. shocking. Wow. Like, it's one thing if you say, hey, you're welcome to read this passage or this section <laughs> yeah, because like maybe I explain myself better. But in no ways was I like purposefully leaving my journal out for him to like flip through. No. Yeah. 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 And you're hell? not there. Yeah. So did so, you freak out at him? Or okay. So, I did. Yeah. Oh, so I did. Good. And it was just good. like I can't even remember exactly how that all went down, but it was just like, listen, I can't, I literally can't do this anymore. Like, yeah, this is what I talked about in therapy. This was my writing lesson. Then I come home to see you disrespecting me by reading through my journal. Like I can't do this and I'm not going to kick you out. Like I knew he couldn't afford to have the rent on the house that we were renting on his own. Uh-huh. So I was like, listen, I'm not going to kick you out. Like we have another bedroom. Let's just like not sleep in the same bedroom and you can take your time moving out. Um, and then he, I think it was like two, two weeks later, he had basically all but moved out. And then I just had to take care of like the pet that we had together for a little bit. And then he took that cat back. Um, but yeah, that was, that was the, the whole thing. Whole so wow. it was really final for you. Did you have any back and forth? Mm-hmm. I mean, did he, was he you upset? Know, Cause these are all things that our listeners DM us about, oh, you know, for sure. the, um, yeah. so you told him in person mm-hmm. and then yeah. you spent two weeks, um, kind of. Helping him out of there. Yeah. And then, um, yeah. But was he upset? He was. Yeah. And okay. he, he was trying to like, well, maybe we can make this work. What else can we do? Can we go back to couples counseling? We had done like one couples counseling session. And even there, I was like, I can't do this. Like, I'm not, Yeah, I, I'm not here. Um, yeah. And yeah, yeah, he, he tried, but then he just got angry. Um, And I, you know, I understand that's a respectable response when something like that happens. Um, And we really didn't talk until we broke up in 
October. That was like the first week of October. And then that next February, our friends who had gotten engaged just before us got married. Um, And we were both at that wedding. Um, Yeah. So, and that was, I brought my best friend and I like tried to just keep it super casual. He brought a date, but it was like, whatever. Oh, he ended up texting. Yeah. He ended up texting me that night at like three o'clock in the morning. And I'm like, dude, we're in the same hotel room. And I know you're here with like your date or whatever. Like, yeah, leave me out of this. Oh he, God. Leave me yeah, out of this. Like, yeah. I just, I, yeah, I don't want anything to do with this. And he, um, he emailed me the next day and was like, Hey, I hope we can be friends. Like all what? this stuff. And I was, yeah. And I was like, listen, we haven't talked in like six months and I really just want you to take care of yourself. And I don't even remember what the whole emails back and forth went, but he came back at me and said something like something similar to like, oh, I thought you were going to be adult enough to like be able to be friends right now. Okay. Oh, and I, and I was just like, gloves, gloves are off. Yeah. <laughs> I just, at that point, cause we never, we didn't have a big hairy argument breakup. It was just like, I can't do this anymore. And like, here's yeah. the five reasons why. So it was never like we had like a screaming fight about it, but I came back at him after he said that with like, a big like you got to get your poop together like you're a hot mess you need to take care of yourself yeah. I can't be with somebody who can't take care of themselves and like I don't it's not that I never want to talk to you again but like I don't believe that the way you behaved at that wedding and then the way you're saying you want to be friends now are actually on the same page so like I'm not here yeah. for this um yeah. and that was the last time we talked so Yay. yeah it was oh, yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's possible to have a breakup yes. and not talk again you do not have to stay friends Correct. he was not doing it for you Correct. and do you regret that you didn't stay friends this no, is the most common not at all this is the most yeah. common thing probably that we talk that we speak with people about is this yeah. friends thing do you yeah. regret not being friends with them no not at all because sometimes you're just not meant to like right it's, yeah. I don't know what you know, any listeners or your guys's like spiritual or religious beliefs are, but I truly believe that there are people and souls that you come into interaction with for very specific purposes and lessons. And they can be with you your entire life. They could be like soulmate, best friends. They could be soulmate romantic relationships. They could be your parents or your brother or sister, you name it, your, your child even. But sometimes you are just meant to have somebody for a couple of years, a couple of months, and then they, they teach you a lesson. They show you something about yourself and you go your separate ways. And yeah. it actually does more harm than good to try to hold on to that and to mm. hold on to like that part of yourself. It's really funny because before any time I do like a podcast recording or a call with a client, I pull a tarot card. Oh, I pulled, girl. Um, I pulled the six of swords today for Ooh, us. Tell us about and it. It is all about transition, change, rites of passage, and releasing baggage. Oh, <laughs> and that was like what? perfect. I love it. And we're pulling cards from now on. I never thought. Yeah. Yes. yes, I'm learning so much from you. Oh, no, nice. it, the six of swords. Swords. Yep. How cool! Yeah. Releasing baggage, and that's the thing. Yeah. You know, like you're breaking up with someone, it, why not release it? Mm-hmm. Especially when you're telling me all of these bad things about it and how what a drain this person is and how stressful mm-hmm. the communication is. I was like, well, imagine what it would feel like to release that. And I asked yeah. my clients that, you know, like what's the best case scenario? What's the worst case scenario? And mm-hmm. um, yeah. yeah, likely, uh, um, I mean, you're that metaphor feel a lot lighter. <laughs> Oh, I felt so much lighter. And it wasn't that I didn't still have more work to do. Like you, it's, 
you, you do that big transition of a breakup and then you have a lot of internal soul work to do and like releasing and discovering, Mm -hmm. um, because it was the following April, I went on like my first solo international vacation to Ireland and met a guy and had like this little fling with him. And he was basically the Irish version of my ex. Oh, no. <laughs> and it was because that was what I was tuned into. And that's what uh-huh. I knew. Yeah, yeah, and it was totally. so fun. And he uh-huh. was like a great personality like my uh-huh. ex was. But I knew inherently, like while I was with him in like experiencing Ireland and like hanging out in pubs with him, I was like, oh my God. Yeah. Okay, so then I was, I had enough observation and like detachment from it. that I was like, what is it about me that is attracted to men like this and why is it harmful and what can I change? And I just started digging into all of those questions yeah. and figuring out like, how do these guys actually serve me? Like, what would I really need from a partner? And that's where like the needs, wants, and desires category kind of really started getting right. like worked through in my head in more detail. Well, I, re- I do really want to get to that. That's one of our main, uh, one of our main points. But first of all, yeah. I'm really glad that I got, you know, the half hour version rather than the 90 second <laughs> yeah. version. Yes. What a cool breakup story. Yeah. Okay. But then I, Claire wanted to touch on this and I kind of do too. So, yeah. um, so we're jumping ahead now. Sure. Five years. And so you yeah. went on TikTok because I'm assuming that this woman whose channel it was, was a coaching friend of yours. And she thought it was a cool story and she wanted to share it. Yeah. And you go, and um, so apparently you had a bit of a, a mixed response from women hearing this story, right? Yeah. Yeah. So I saw another coach that I follow on TikTok did a prompt of like, what's the story or what's the scenario where you just knew it was the end of a relationship. So yeah. And that's how TikToks work. They're like little like moments out of time or like one little segment of a story. So I just dove into the mountain story because that's when it clicked for me. Like, I can't do this anymore. Oh, so can you just explain this? So I have to be really careful about my social media. And so I haven't let myself get too into it because I'm, you know, I'm trying to focus on Instagram right now. So someone, someone gave a prompt. And (laughs) so you actually like went on live and said this. Or did was Not it like live. scheduled no. that you were? No, you, it's it. basically like people uh, on TikTok. Someone can ask a question and then they answer it, but other people can come in and answer the same question. Oh, exactly. got it. Okay, yeah, yeah I do so understand like, that. Um, yeah, so it's like tell me a time when you felt like immense fear, and then yeah. they'll say like. For me, I'll go first. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> okay. Okay. Got yeah. it. Okay. No, yeah. I don't so know. You... It's not really germane to the point, but um, yeah, <laughs> but it is helpful for other folks that like don't okay. TikTok at all. Yeah. Um, and yeah, so I responded to it and just shared like the anecdotal, you know, two 60 second videos to like summarize everything I just shared okay. um, in like a half hour. Um, <laughs> and I got some feedback that was like, thank you so much. Like I'm in a similar boat or like, oh my God, this reminds me of my story. And like people really sharing with me, which was awesome. But then yeah. I got a lot of feedback from men and women, which was shocking to me saying like, you should have given him another chance. Like maybe that really woke him up. You know, what are you doing? You're narcissistic for putting yourself oh, in this way. And it was just like, oh my God. And I did like a rebuttal response just saying like, listen, you don't have to let yourself be taken advantage of. And if you know, you don't want to be in a relationship, don't be in a relationship. It doesn't matter what your reasons are. Like, as long as you're not malicious about it, as long as you're not saying like, this guy's the biggest jerk in the world. And I'm going to like put flyers on town calling him out. Yeah, exactly. So it's about, you know, but what really kind of broke my heart was how many people 
are still in that mindset today of like, oh, I just need to keep giving them another chance. Or like, I'm a bad person if I give up on this relationship. And it's just like, not true. It's not true. It's not. I mean, we life is too short people uh, you know relationships can be fun and sexy and joyful and expansive not yeah. this is not your story with this exactly yeah. yeah yeah oh interesting yeah. yeah oh my gosh and the metaphor too I just like want to point out before we like move on from the mountain story of tying in and how everyone who's tied in either makes it or doesn't it's kind mm-hmm. of a lot like you know marriage like yeah. you guys were engaged you know you're gonna tie in together and you both have to make it or yep. neither of you guys make it so yeah I just thought Blair, that was a really cool metaphor that's a really yeah, cool, I've never cool metaphor yeah there. I had never thought of it like that Claire you're I love how you pick up on those things <laughs> <laughs> the little things oh my god yeah, yeah your stories honestly like if you you have a lot of gifts, but one of them <laughs> is like somehow having these experiences that are just like very poetic and <laughs> very metaphorical. Like, I, I mean, I, I don't know if you want to touch on it, if it's like topical, but the um, asking for a sign. Story. yeah that yeah oh my buffalo yeah perfect yes go for that because i mean yeah. this is a part of a lot of people's spiritual practices you know keeping our eyes open for signs mm-hmm. and yes yeah. mention this to me that this is part of your practice so <laughs> yes um so when i so it's funny that you say that about like the poetic stories that i have in my life i, I honestly think it's because when i was 13 i used to go for walks on the lake because i grew up right on lake michigan And I would just like talk out loud to myself. And I knew I was talking to like God or whatever, but I didn't Mm -hmm. know like what to call it. Um, And one day I just said, I want to experience every type of love that there is because I need to be able to like feel all of that. Um, And then there were definitely times when I was like in college and in terrible relationships going, why did I ask that? Why (laughs) did I do that? I do this to myself. (laughs) But I seriously think that's part of the reason why I've invited all the stories. Oh my gosh. Um, But so in college when I was 19 I think I was finishing up my freshman year or like going into my sophomore year I was living out here in Jackson working um at that summer camp um and was getting ready to head home and my then boyfriend was here visiting me and we went on a hike and I was having like my first of many quarter life crises that I had during college like wondering what do I really want to major in and am I happy and like what do I really want to do when I grow up all that stuff um and so I told him he could just kind of go ahead and I was, we were hiking by the snake river and I just sat down by the snake river um, and just kind of journaled for a second. Like I always have my journal with me in my backpack and then decided to take a nap. And I asked the universe as I was falling asleep, I was like, please give me a sign when I wake up as to what I need to do next. Like, I, I just feel really lost. Like just give me a sign to guide me. Um, and I At woke 19. up and I- at 19 yeah girl yeah. Wow. you're high yeah. vibing yes. oh my you went hard yes. from the beginning yes. <laughs> since, yeah since like day one <laughs> okay okay um yeah and uh so I woke up and I had a ladybug on my stomach and I was like well that's a bullshit sign like I don't know what I was imagining but like I told the universe that that was a bullshit sign so then like 30 seconds later, I hear rustling in these trees to my left, like maybe 50 yards away or so. And this giant bison comes walking out of these aspen trees. And I'm just like, thank you very much. That is my sign. I cannot wait to like go read up on the meaning behind bison and all that stuff. 
and he turns and he sees me and I was like, Oh crap. Like they can (laughs) run really fast and I have no coverage. Like I was just on a riverbank with like a sad little bush next to me. (laughs) And so I kind of like get up and like scuttle behind this little bush and he sees me and snorts and starts running at me. And I'm just like, I can't outrun this thing. Like, I don't know. I might die here today. And at the very last second, I was like, I guess if I scream, it could scare him or it could make him more mad. And then he'll like really kill me. I don't know. Oh, yeah. so I scream and I put my hands out and I close my eyes and I like fall backwards and I don't feel anything. And I'm like, what the fuck? It's and I heaven. open my eyes and there is a bison <laughs> head right on top of my head. Like he's looking right down what? at me. And my hands are in between his horns. I still have a tuft of bison for at my bedside table um from holding his head oh my he just God. looks at me and what? snorts and jumps over me and like ran across the river I... and I was like I will always be very careful about what signs I ask for from yeah. now on ladybugs are fine oh. ladybugs are fine we like that things that are under so five intense. pounds yeah <laughs> yeah what wow. yeah I've never yeah. I've had some interesting experiences with wildlife before but nothing that up yeah. close and personal yeah it was yeah. bananas <laughs> Did it smell bad? Uh, I don't even remember. Like, I was just so overwhelmed. Yeah, totally. Absolutely sweating and just, like... But I I remember he jumped away, and I was just sitting there with, like, these tufts of his fur in my hands, and I was like... You touched it! Oh, good! (laughs) Oh, Oh my gosh. All right. Well, if it's all right with you two, um, let's take a break, and then what I want to do is dive in to... After the breakup, what transpired that led you to move to Jackson, become a coach, and start <laughs> changing people's lives and relationships? <laughs> Can do. That sounds great. So 2016, you break mm-hmm. off an engagement. Mm-hmm. Wow. So I know that moving to Jackson Hall was a big part of your story. And I know that you did hint earlier that it did this experience led to what you're doing now. Mm-hmm. in no way so totally. why why don't you um dive into that yeah absolutely you were in pr at yeah the time. yep i was yep. working in marketing for a consumer packaged goods, goods company um so like <laughs> a little, little different a little different oh um, interesting yeah okay. yeah i was working well, can you for give us an example of a so task? i worked with um i worked with a specific grocery chain out of um minneapolis uh, minnesota and grand rapids michigan so spartan nash was the name of the company um they were my clients so i worked for like this big firm that uh-huh. like put us in house at different companies so i managed their private labels so like all of their store brand stuff um making the marketing um things signage that went in stores going to the trade shows selling to like other wholesalers and retailer being a wholesaler and selling to different retail chains okay so yeah very like very corporate different. marketing i yeah, mean it actually so. sounds kind of it sounds interesting but um 180 totally. or from what you're doing now so okay <laughs> big time huge one um yeah so i was getting really burnt out in that and i um it's actually pretty funny so like i started this journey and within like six months of breaking up Uh, my lease was up on that house and I hated that house. Um, and I was dating around. I of course got on Tinder like immediately because what else do you do when you're heartbroken and like trying to reboot your life? But like, 
get on Tinder and be unhealed and on Tinder with the masses. <laughs> so like, I, it's funny. Cause like now in the relationship coaching, I do like, I have a whole workbook on like, let's get you ready to get on dating apps again. Let's yeah, not just like cool. jump out there, but like, yeah. let's process a little bit first. So I didn't bother to do any of that processing. And that's what allowed me to make that book eventually. But um, anyway, so I'm like unhealed dating around dated this guy briefly and told him like, I need to find a place to live. And he's like, Oh, I know a woman in my business group who has some houses for rent. So this is one of those perfect examples of someone coming into your life fleetingly to just help you out real quick. And then exiting, he connected me with this woman who had my literal dream, big girl, like sex in the city apartment for rent. And I got it. And I got it. Like they didn't even list it because Grand Rapids housing market is like bananas right now. Like so many places she didn't even list it. She just texted me and was like, Hey, they're going to be done today. Like doing some renovations. If you want to go check it out. And I did. And it was like, floor to ceiling windows, like 12 foot ceilings, big bay window, marble fireplace, like big old vanity in the bathroom, yes, like perfect people. for doing your makeup. Oh my God. This it is was... a good part about being single. Yes. You're just like, I want it. <laughs> yes. And it's just I'm not what I it. want. Exactly. Yeah. And it was my perfect little like healing nest, like oh. girly, like super feminine place in this like big old Victorian house. And um, so I found that place and it started all kind of like coming together like I really started hating my job more and more I was really good at it so like it wasn't hard but I really Mm -hmm. just wasn't I didn't enjoy it at all and um and as that started growing I was like well what could I do and I was like well I really love helping people I really want to like learn to like manifest and work with the universe more and I joined this course that Jess Lively hosted um, she's a podcaster and has like a bunch of different like self-development tools oh, out there. She's okay. awesome. Um, so I joined her course called flow with intention online. And it was like the last time she was running it live. Now it's just like an evergreen course you can buy and download. Um, so I joined this group and it was this cool Facebook community too, with all these other women that were like doing really cool stuff. And, um, I was just chatting with them and some of them were like RTT therapists and Reiki healers and like all these really interesting paths. And they were all kind of doing the same thing. They were transitioning from like lawyer or like corporate marketing or other business owner, like yoga studio into like a Reiki, you know, business or something. And I was like, wow, what would I want to do? And I was just kind of like feeling into all of it. And I had always been that friend that was like the advice friend. And I had always been the adventurous (laughs) friend too so like I was always the friend that was like yeah why not go on a date with this person even though they seem like totally like off the wall and like maybe not my type like I'm just gonna go do it because at the end of the day it'll at least be a good story that was like always my line like Whitney why the hell would you do that like well it's gonna be a good story like even if it doesn't pan out well (laughs) so (laughs) so that was like my kind of where I was rolling around with stuff and I actually got shingles I got stress induced shingles what? In December 2017? Yeah, like it's the not fall. Very 20- common. No, it's not. But my doctor was like, there are more and more women in like our age group getting stressed and do shingles because we're just so effing stressed out all the time. So please take care of yourselves. Yeah. <laughs> Don't overbook yourself and like find ways to really take care of like your body and your mind. Uh-huh. Um, so yeah, that like wiped me out for a couple of weeks. And then um during that time, I was like chatting with more women in that group. And I asked them, I just like put a question out in that group. And I was like, are any of you life coaches or like interested in life coaching? Like I'm 
kind of mulling around this idea and I don't really know if I want to do it or not. But like, I'm just interested in the work. And mm-hmm. another biker connection, Letitia Ringe messaged me and was like, Hey girl, like I'm in life coaching school right now with this beautiful you and like filled me in on it. And we did a couple of just chats about it and like her journey. Cause she was leading law to transition as a, into a life coaching business. And, yeah. um, and I was just like, this is fascinating. And that program sounds amazing. So I signed up for like just the couple of the bike emails. And I think I chatted with like one or two other life coaches that had been through Bica and then like one that had gone through a different program. And, um, and I was like, wow, Bica just sounds like it fits like that. <laughs> it's just a cool group of women and like Julie's super inspiring and Letitia was really cool. And, um, and so I signed up, I was just like, fuck it. What do I have to lose? Like I'll go on the payment <laughs> plan and like, I'm going to invest in myself. Like I'm going to do something for me. And I looked at my budget and I like looked at how much money I was spending on like literally numbing myself out, like girls weekends to spend too much money shopping and going out to bars too often and clubbing. And I was like, cool. If I cut that in half, I could go on this payment plan for Bica and like, and be fine and like, and do something that's actually going to fill my soul. So I started doing that. And, um, I was actually, so I signed up for that and I signed up like six months before it started. So it was going to start in October of that year. Um, so this, oh, okay, actually, so, I guess I did as well. Yeah. yeah. You yeah, signed up to like think of it yeah. really early. Yeah. Uh-huh, yeah. Uh-huh. I signed so I, up in January and started in May. Yeah. Okay. I think May. maybe they, maybe yeah. it's part of their plan to build the anticipation Yeah. So yeah, I signed up in like December or something and then started the following October. Um, and that, Wait, that's and almost that a time. year. Yeah, I guess it was almost a year. A ten I, mu- yeah. Yeah, Ooh. 10 months. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I know. So I was like, doing? <laughs> I was just living my crazy, messy life until then. Like, I was like working too much and oh, traveling okay. for all these trade shows and going on a lot of dates. And like, I actually started writing a book at that time that I'm still like sitting on. I need to find a publisher for. So, if there's any publishers out there in the universe that want to <laughs> listen, can the you hook a girl story. up? Yeah. Yes. Okay, we've got Whitney. What's the book about? We're going to put this out there. It is, yeah. So, it's a part memoir, part um, dating relationship self help book. Um, all right. Where I, I cool. share this needs that to happen. Story. All right. Yeah. Right. Thank Agents, you. <laughs> publishers, anyone. Yes. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um yeah so it has the mountain story in it. it has a ton of other crazy dating stories that I was like writing as I was living them oh my um, god so, so yeah so that was what that like that's also very sex in the city <laughs> right yeah, yeah. <laughs> writing about it um, as all right yeah um so I was doing that and then um my I I drove out west out to Jackson with my best friend and her 10 year old son for his birthday um to do like a little road trip celebration and came back from that fun road trip and was talking to an aunt over 4th of July. Um, and this would be 4th of July, 2018, um, about like how much I loved it out here and how much fun we had. And she was like, why the hell do you live in Michigan? Like nothing is holding you here. You don't have a boyfriend. Like you don't like your job. Like go, go to the place that you love. Totally. Um, and, and it just, sat with me and I actually woke up in the middle of the night that night after getting home and was like okay I have to I have to do something and I I googled on my phone marketing jobs Jackson Hole Wyoming and 
the marketing job that I got to get out here was the first job search result. Oh and my it was God. For the summer camp that I went to that my grandpa what? was at. Oh my God. Yeah. And they were looking this for This is why you are like having buffaloes in your face when you're 19. You are right. such a powerful manifester. Really? Yeah. It was nuts. It, it was nuts. And I was like, okay, I have to do this. So I like willed myself to go back to sleep woke up early the next morning, went to a coffee shop, like emailed all my connections there. And a girl that I was actually a camper with worked at camp at that time. Um, so I emailed her and I was like, Hey, are you still hiring for this? Like, is it too late? And she was like, no, give me your resume immediately. Like they're in like final round interviews with another person, but like, you would be amazing. Um, so I went through this crazy whirlwind process of uh, interviewing and it actually took a long time because it was their mid, like middle of summer. So they're busy and right. like, taking yeah. care of kids. So by September, I had accepted that job offer the first week in September. And then by the first week in October, I literally left on my 30th birthday or on, not my 30th on September 30th, which is my birthday uh-huh. um, to drive out to Jackson to live wow. here. Um, yeah. And started, I started Bica and that job on the same day. I had my first <laughs> Bica class in the evening and then started wow. that job on the same Talk day. Talk about a new beginning. Like, yeah, bam. yeah, yeah. It was, it was amazing. It's so cool. Cause you know, like standing on that mountain, like a couple years before you had no idea what was Aww. ahead of you. No idea. Yeah. And it just, it just opened me up. And I think that's, that's actually like part of where the the name of my business being open comes from like one, it helps people say my last name, right? Um, the two, I realized in all of this work that I was doing, like openness is the key. It's not about knowing what's next. It's not about knowing that you're making the quote unquote right decision, but it's just being open to where you're being led. Like there is no wrong decision you can make. Like you could break up with somebody and then realize like, Oh, maybe there was more there. And then maybe you can go back and like flush it out with them as friends or rekindle a relationship, or maybe you break up and you're like, wow, that's the damn best decision I've ever made. But you don't know until you make a decision. Mm -hmm. And it's, I think that's the biggest thing I go back and forth with, with a lot of my clients is just trusting yourself to make a decision and know that there is no right or wrong decision. It's just making a decision with what you know in the moment and what feels the most aligning to your true self. Yeah. Um, yeah. Oh my god. So that's how I got out here. Um, okay. Yeah. All right. Uh, <laughs> wow. Uh, how fascinating. What do you like the most about Jackson Hole? Um, I think just the proximity to nature is yeah. the biggest thing. Yeah. Yeah. Just mm-hmm. being able to run right outside and be on a hike or skiing. Yes. Love it. So you had a feeling to do beautiful you. Mm-hmm. Uh, when though, did you always know that you were going to do coaching around intuitive relationships? Um, I knew I wanted to do relationship coaching. Yeah. And then the intuitive aspect came a little later. It came like, while I was doing my pro bono coaching and kind of starting my business Mm -hmm. because I realized I was using my intuition really strongly to like help guide clients. And I didn't even know what I was doing at first. Like Mm -hmm. I, I've always had this process since I started coaching, of sitting down and meditating for like five or 10 minutes before I get on with the client, just to like settle myself down, clear my head. But then as I would do that, I would get like messages or thoughts in my head Mm -hmm. and it would be like, bring up mom or bicycles or just like weird shit where I'm like, that I have no idea what this means, but it would like naturally come up in conversation. And then 
retrospectively, I'd be like, holy shit, that was my intuition. And yeah. was telling me like, you need to guide the conversation here, or this is a tool that they could potentially use for themselves. So I started using my own intuition to support my clients. And then I also teach my clients how to use their intuition to navigate their relationships. Cause it's so effing important to like get clear and hear your own intuition um, mm-hmm. and then be able to like parlay that into the relationships. Cause if, if you don't have a solid relationship with yourself, both like your cognitive mind and your intuition, mm-hmm. you're not going to be able to build a quality relationship. with Yes. Others. And learning what it feels like. And then once you know what it feels like, you will always know. And it's so yeah. cool. Um, yeah, that it's, it's really neat. And it's just something that a lot of people are just not in touch with, mm-hmm, sadly, totally. or don't yeah. believe in or don't trust. Mm-hmm. Yeah, trusting your intuition is yeah. such a hard one because your logical yes. mind is like, that makes no sense. Why, yes. are, we, why are we doing this? Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, or you're like looking for some sort of logic to back up what your intuition is telling you. And mm-hmm. like, eh, well, there's not really yeah, always going to be any logic behind it. So... And sometimes it doesn't you know, feel good. You know, I, I no. didn't say no to something <laughs> recently because, you know, it was, it had involved a friend and I just was like trying to be a good friend, but I could feel it. Like I often feel it like on the left side of my chest when it's like something or like this side of my body. And I, it was, it was there and I put, and I pushed it away. Yeah. Interesting. And yeah, yeah. it didn't, didn't really go that well. <laughs> yeah. But, yeah. So, um, but it must've been a really big leap though from, um, Working in PR, um, or um, okay, so you left the supermarket chain job, mm-hmm. and then you were working in nature in account, mm-hmm. but still doing marketing. Yeah, still doing marketing and development. Okay, yeah, okay, but yeah. still a big leap to decide that you're not going to do that anymore and and um, support people in relationships full time. Big leap, mm-hmm. yeah, 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 and it's it's felt really aligning to be able to like balance both because I still help that camp out and work in marketing for them too. Mm -hmm. And it's been really beautiful because it's like my logical brain has a place to play and to like organize stuff and do all that. And then like Mm -hmm. my heart and my soul are here in my business and like just allowing me to connect with people at a, at a deeper level and doing work that like I truly, truly believe in. Like I I love the camp. I love the, the mission that they do, but like there's nothing more intimate and more universal than relationships. And I think that's why it's yeah. so cool that like the three of us do the kind of work that we do. Cause like, yeah, it needs more attention. We don't get taught in school how to process exactly. losing someone or heartbreak or any of that. And yeah. Like, there's no space for it. Really. No. Our yeah. society doesn't. It's just like sink that. or swim. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Oh, amazing. So oh my gosh. do you have a question, Claire? Oh no. I was just going to okay. bring up the, something that I think we need to talk about <laughs> yeah, it's come up a couple times something <laughs> that we've touched on and something that we think is going to be really beneficial to our listeners Claire mm-hmm. you know about it um you've yeah. used it right yeah um the needs once desires exercise it's mm-hmm. such a huge one um and I tell a lot of people about it as well <laughs> I'm always uh-huh. like my coach Whitney showed me this we need to do <laughs> Claire- it brand uh, ambassador for open eyes. <laughs> I love it. I love it. Um, yeah. So needs, wants, and desires was one of the first things that kind of came to me when I was coaching people. And it's such a fluid tool that you can use in any area of your life. Yeah. But it, it was first created specifically for relationships and for gauging if an existing relationship or a past relationship 
actually matches what it is you are really looking for. Mm -hmm. So the three quality or like qualifier words are needs, wants, desires, needs being soul level, absolute non-negotiables. So these are those things that like, you know, must be present in that other person or must be present in you or space held for you to be who you are in a relationship. Mm-hmm. So this could be things like someone expect accepting and honoring your spiritual beliefs. Um, it could be having a person who knows how to hold space for somebody that has, you know, specific mental illness things that they're struggling with or yeah. has conquered, you know, their own issues, you know? So like one of my needs when I was mapping this out for myself originally was I needed somebody who ex- ex- accepted my um, spiritual beliefs and then also who could um, understand my love and connection for Jackson Hole because like this place is like central to who I am as a person I knew I would always need like need someone who could at least appreciate if not fully understand the love that I have for this place Um, so that is like a very central need to me so that could it could be anything like if you really are in love with a sport and you're semi okay so it could be practical things as well okay yeah but just something you know is like in no way negotiable and in your own past experience when you have negotiated on it and compromised like it didn't work work out out. Yeah. yeah so then your wants are like the phase of life you're in so wants when you're in your 20s are probably like maybe someone to understand that you're really career minded right now, you know, so you're going to want to just like maybe work extra hours or are looking to get promoted soon. Or if you're in a phase of life where you know, you want to settle down, settle down, quote unquote, and have a family, they want the same thing. So wants are kind of transient, like once they're fulfilled and you're moving from like one phase of life to the next, obviously it's going to change when you're dating in your twenties, your wants are a lot different than when you're dating in your like mid thirties or forties. Um, but they're still really central to who you are and where you are in your life. Yeah. Um, and then desires are the things that often distract us because the desires are the ego motivated, like flashy things. So I call this like the candy on top, a recent analogy that came to me that I think helps people is I look at desires as like that sparkly thing that catches your eye, kind of like when you're on a runway and, um, those guys on the tarmac have like those orange flags and are like directing the plane where to go. Like the plane needs to look for the brightness of the orange flag, but you don't just go to the orange flag and stop there. It tells you to go and pull into what the certain gate, which is where the desires are. (laughs) Um, So so trust me, my analogies have not always been this great. Um, I have a lot of failed (laughs) ones. Uh, (laughs) But um. So a lot of so fails. Yeah. Oh yeah. Um, I had this whole plate analogy when I was in high school. My my high school best friend. I'm sure if she listens to this, she'll just like bust a gun. It didn't about stick. It, it didn't exactly. It did not stick. Um, All right. So so uh, so desires are like the you know likes the same music as me or like has a really cool title at their job or lives mm. in a really cool apartment or is like blonde hair, blue eyes, or like whatever your like physical appearance thing okay. is where it's like, it's nice. It's, it's definitely nice mm-hmm. to have. Yeah. But it can all often distract us from like the substance of the person. Like, and that's where I think like the chemistry, like that's where it flashes, but yes. then you want to make sure you have that deeper level of like compatibility that I know you mm-hmm. guys have talked mm-hmm. about recently. So like, that's where 
the needs and the wants or the compatibility and like the desires or the chemistry level, if that makes sense. Um, yeah. So, so that tool, what you can basically do is take that and say, okay, what are the like four or five things that I know I need in my next romantic relationship or in the relationship I'm currently in? What is it that I want? Okay. I, I don't want kids. I want to live in an urban environment. I want this, that, and the other thing, you know, what does that look like? And then desires, you know, drives this kind of car or like loves this music, wants to go to Burning Man again, you know, like those kind of things that desires kind of change over time too, you know, cause you might find a new hobby or you might want to like mm-hmm. travel to Patagonia and then you travel to Patagonia and you're like, okay, cool. now I want to go to Morocco, you know, like, so mm-hmm. those are kind of always shifting. Um, but you might have a want of like someone who wants to do like major travel every year outside of COVID, you know, <laughs> like those yeah. kind of things. Um, so by creating that list, it helps to then guide you as you're on your dating experience because you don't feel guilty as if you're saying no to the person because you have this outside list to lean on and be like, listen, this is my homework and this is what I came up with and this is my truth and it's now living outside me. So I can't talk myself out of like, oh, but maybe yeah. it is okay that he talks that way about his mom or, you know, yeah. doesn't respect such and such belief system or whatever the thing may be. You can just say like, actually, no, that doesn't jive and that's okay. And I'm going to continue looking and attracting the type of person I want to be with. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And I, if you are doing this and you are currently in a relationship that you're like iffy about, I want you to do this without considering that person. So do mm-hmm. whatever you can first to like totally clear them out of your mind and then do this completely objectively as if you're not in a relationship yeah. with anybody because oftentimes we'll trick ourselves into being like, Oh, that's, that's just a desire. That's not really a want or that's not really a need. Yeah. yeah. Because or then, it just like, feels so right. Mm-hmm. Which is what I've done. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Even so, though, you know, there's like nothing from the needs and wants <laughs> that were really uh, right. being met, but you know, yeah. it feels yeah. really good. And the connection is there. <laughs> totally. <what> I- <laughs> totally. And that's the thing is like, we get sold this bill of goods. I'm like, it needs to be fireworks and it needs to be Mm, all these things. And then you don't actually look at like what the sustained relationship is past the fireworks. And that's the important part. Like you can absolutely find fireworks and crazy chemistry and have them be a dependable person who supports you in the life you want to live and respects you. So yeah. But yeah, it takes lots oh. of, I mean, lots of take, uh, or it takes meeting lots of people and knowing what this is mm-hmm. yeah. <laughs> for you to find that. Definitely. Because if you don't yeah. know what this is, how will you know that you've found it? Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Really? Yeah. Exactly. Oh, interesting. Okay. Yeah. So you work yeah. with clients and have them like get this to you. I do. Yeah. Yeah. So I'll have, cl- I have this as a, a workbook. So if you just want to buy the workbook, you can just go to my website and, and pick it up on its own. It's also part of that bigger workbook of like getting ready to date again. It's called um, the soulful guide to dating. Um, but then oh. all my one-on-one clients, um, I work through this with them in the perspective of whatever they have going on. So like a lot of my clients right now are actually working more on their relationships to themselves. Since COVID, I have seen like a major shift of like, Mm-hmm. Yeah, people want to work on romantic relationships, but they're really realizing like I'm disconnected from myself and I don't know how to listen to my own intuition. So like my business has kind of pivoted in the last year or so of of doing more holistic relationship stuff. So we get to apply needs, wants, and desires to very specific areas of life. Like you can mm-hmm. apply that to job hunting. 
You can apply Ooh. that to where you want to live. You can apply that to like the type of house Ooh. you want. Like it's, it's <laughs> I'm going to yeah. do this. Oh, yeah. for, for so many things. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Very cool. Fascinating. Yeah. What do you yeah. think are some other key areas of a person's life or journey or work <laughs> in quotes mm-hmm. to get ready to date again? Oh man. Um, I think understanding your patterns in relationships is huge. So how, um, how you show up in relationships, what your fears are in relationships, how you behave when something goes well, how you behave when something doesn't go well, um, what your patterns of expectations are for another person. Like, are you, are you comfortable communicating what you want or do you hold expectations and then get angry or frustrated or sad or distant when they aren't met? Um, so just monitoring any and all patterns that you have had is really, really helpful to them be able to go into future relationships and either change them and leave them behind or let your new partner know, Hey, I do this. And like, I might do this with you. And if I do like, call me on my bullshit, please. Oh, that's something I don't hear a lot of people say. And that's interesting. Okay. Because there are parts of you that are just hardwired. Like the way I was raised in my attachment style is anxious. So I naturally am like a fairly anxious individual and have to process through my own anxiety around stuff. And I can have experiences with my partner now where something will be like, like a flag will go up in my head and I'll be like, Oh my God, does he really love me? Oh my God. Are we okay? Mm -hmm. And that's when I like allow myself like, okay, you can ask him once in a given day, are we good? And then you have to be okay with that answer. Yeah. And and he, he knows, he knows now, like, he's like, okay, honey, I have answered that question for you like twice already today. And like, we're not going down that because, because we're good. Because do you remember the answer I gave you? (laughs) Do you remember, babe? Yeah. So that's, but that's the beauty of having a really open connected relationship is Mm -hmm. like, he knows what my patterns are and we get to work together with each other. Just like I am learning and know his patterns Mm-hmm. And I could just say like, okay, I know this is going to stress you out. How can we mitigate that and still like work through this thing that isn't not going to happen, you know? So there are some patterns that like you can fully remove, but there will always be some level of you that's always there in a pattern that you're constantly processing through. Um, or it might just be a pattern that you don't even remember that gets activated like years into a relationship. Yeah. Um, so that's mm-hmm. something too, that's always popping up. So it really is about building a space in a relationship where the two of you can have your own autonomy, but you also have enough love and respect for each other to like hold space and, and help each other grow. So, yeah, you heard it from the expert's mouth people. <laughs> <laughs> that was great. Claire, do you have any more questions? This has been a really beautiful conversation. Yes, it has. It's been amazing. Thank you so much for coming on. Oh my God. Definite pen and paper episode. Oh yeah. (laughs) You know, onboard people with that (laughs) and the intro that we put together. Um, Whitney, you've mentioned that you're doing a lot of cool work. You've teased us a bit. So tell us what you're doing and where we can find you. Yeah. You can find me um, on Instagram is a big spot where I hang out. I'm wit underscore being open with two P's. Um, I just launched a private Facebook group too. You can get the link, um, on my Instagram page or on my Facebook page. 
Um, I'm just being open with two P's on Facebook. Um, in that private Facebook group, I'm going live once a week and just answering questions. Um, sometimes I'll pick a theme and just chat about that for a little while. Mm -hmm. Um, yeah, so that is a new fun thing I'm doing. So if you want to like get to know me and my work a little bit better, that group is a really good space to just get to know me better. Um, and the other women in there are awesome too. So that's amazing. And then in June, I'm opening up my one-on-one books again. Um, so if you are looking for a one-on-one -on -one coach, um, I will have space for three and six month one-on-one um, -on -one sessions starting again in June, which is exciting. Um, so you can just reach out to me on my website for that. That's beingopen.com with two Ps. Um, don't forget the double P, people. Don't forget the double and P. And you have... Yeah. You also have a podcast as well I for do. the podcast. Oh, yeah, podcast. Yes. Thank you. Yeah, <laughs> if you love podcasts, um, Messy Path is my podcast. I co-host with Ariel Arnson, who's an RTT therapist. And she's actually one of the women that was in that Facebook group that I mentioned where I was like, are there any life coaches in here? She she's hey. one of the RTT therapists that was in there. So that's awesome. um, her and I, yeah, her and I connected mid-COVID or early COVID actually, and, and hatched this idea for a podcast. And it's been so fun. Oh, that's awesome. oh sounds familiar. I bet it's amazing. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Very cool. Thank yes. you, Claire, awesome. for this idea of a, a wonderful, knowledgeable, yeah. wise guest. And thank you, All Whitney, for the words. <laughs> thank you. Yeah, this has been so lovely. Um, you guys are a blast. And I, yeah, I'm just excited to <laughs> watch this podcast um, keep growing. So, yeah. yeah. Happening. Well, and it's, yeah. you know, we have a lot, um, you know, of wonderful guests to thank for helping us do that. And yeah. um, a lot of wonderful listeners who Claire and I love passionately. Um, mm -hmm. Keep it up as far as the DMs and all the good stuff that you guys are doing for us go um and head over to our facebook group <laughs> break up broken hearts and moving on and whitney i really want to hug up with you in jackson hole so yeah, let's, let's keep it. that conversation going as well i think that would be yeah. really cool i love it Absolutely. awesome that'd be great well, all right well we'll talk to your ears what am i saying goodbye <laughs> listeners <laughs> Like maybe you're coining a new X-Files phrase. Yeah. We we'll talk, talk to your ears to your next ears. week. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> All right. Bye, everyone. Bye. Bye. Thanks for listening to X-Files, a podcast about breakups, broken hearts, and moving on. If you like this episode, tag us on your Instagram story so we can connect with you. And you can find me, Claire, on Instagram at Claire Lofthouse. And me, Janice, on Instagram at JaniceFormicella. If you'd like to join our online community, find us on Facebook at Breakups, Broken Hearts, and Moving On. And here's a preview of our next episode. And I think when you're younger, you're just like, oh my God, someone's into me. Like, this is mm -hmm. amazing. I need to like make sure that they're having a good time. Yeah. And I think as you get more experience, you realize that like they're having a great time. Like, oh yeah, they are. No matter yeah. what, they're pretty much having a great time. Oh, and, <laughs> and you can't be like, they're, they're, I mean, my experience has been is that when you do speak up, they are very happy that you did and really want to help. This is true. Um, Women. Yeah. Yes. I mean, you can learn to talk dirty and say what you want <laughs> it's yeah not gonna be wasted time yeah um, i think yeah. when we're younger too going back to the sex ed thing it is a lot about managing male ejaculation
Mm-hmm. And so that is kind of what we're taught that it's centered around. Yeah. And so it's just, it's not even, you know, the female climax isn't even really in the context. 